Hello, I am Ashley. I'm Jen. And this is Making Conversation. I am so excited to be here today with Jen. We have some really exciting things coming up on the podcast that we want to talk about today. Things are expanding and we have some new additions that we'll be talking about. It's been an incredible almost 10 years of this podcast and so much has happened over the last couple of years, particularly at making and I know in all of your lives and we kind of want to celebrate today. We want to talk about what's going on, what's on the horizon, and involve more of you from our community in the podcast. I am super excited that we are going to be recording some new podcast content. It's going to be called Our Studio. You will still hear some amazing interviews, but we're really going to focus on our love of making, our amazing community, and the app. We've had a lot of fun things that have been going on. And I think, I don't know what it looks like to everyone else, but we're working on a lot of stuff. I feel like we're always working on so many things and doing so many things. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure it's hard for people to keep up with that. I think first and foremost, at the very beginning of this year, end of January, we launched the Marketplace in the app, which is huge. It's a very beta version of it. I'm super excited about that. It was a huge endeavor. It's taken us well over a year, almost two years to build that and to have it out in public now is great. Um, and it's just the beginning. We have so much more. It's felt so wonderful, not only to see this thing come to life that we've been talking about for a while now. As you do in startup life, you talk about things sometimes way before they happen to hype them up. But I think what's been the best part about the marketplace is seeing all the people so excited to set up shop. And some people have fully set it up and some people are slowly adding. And either way, like every time I go into the marketplace and start scrolling, I see new people that I've never seen before. I've never seen on other platforms that typically you would go to to look for patterns. So it's really been exciting to discover these new artists that based on what I've used in the past, I've never seen. I agree. And I feel, again, like we're just getting started, but the level of enthusiasm really propels us as a team. We're a very small team and we're building something meant to be very big. And it takes a lot of energy and effort and time. And I think a big part of what drives us is seeing people getting on there, getting excited and sending feedback. And it's impossible to reply to all the feedback or incorporate it all at the speed that we would like to, but it's been a lot of fun and really exciting. We have a lot of exciting features coming up. And I think, I don't know, I'm not quite ready to spill the tea on those yet, um, but we'll be working on them in the background and in constantly improving the marketplace there's always bugs and things that we need to constantly be working on but this is a super exciting and i kind of want to take a moment to just recognize like how far we've come it's been a lot of fun but a lot of hard work when i first started our marketing was get your username because we didn't have an app and now we mm -hmm. have a social marketplace app built specifically for makers crafters and artists and it's very cool to have been here from the beginning. I've been working for making for a little over two years now. This is the beginning of making. There are so many features and improvements that we're going to be making 
especially over the next year um, and more. I don't ever like to compare us to Instagram because we're completely different, but I like to compare the thought process of remember when you first joined and everybody was posting pictures with these filters and there was no video and there was barely any features included into it. And not that we have barely any features because really our app is quite robust, especially for the level of startup that we are, <laughs> the baby kind. But I think it's so cool to know that in 10 years, this thing is going to be, it's probably going to look completely different. But the most important thing is that it is still going to be built with our values, like at the core. And I know we talk a lot about our values on our social media platforms and within our emails and everything, but we truly think about our list of values every time we do something. Mm -hmm. It's been so important to us from the beginning, and it's really why I wanted to work for Making in the first place. My past company's values came into play later. And this yeah. was really from the beginning. We said, we don't have a product, but this is what we are. This is why we're building. And it's been a wonderful experience to know that we're doing something with a purpose around these values. Absolutely. I would say that is what drove us to even expand into the making app at its very core was that People need a better alternative and not just a better alternative because of how it works and operates and serves more need, but also a better alternative because we put people at the center and the product at the center of what we're building instead of profits. Being profitable is very important, but it doesn't have to come at the cost of forfeiting people and a better product. And we've talked a little bit about that in the past, but it's a huge reason why we have decided to bootstrap. And it's a huge reason why we have built the specific features that we have first, as opposed to prioritizing other features. And that's something that I'm excited to dive deeper into with you is talking more of the tech side. I won't be on the podcast every week yeah. moving forward. And so we'll have these kind of times that we dive deeper into the tech aspects of making and just the tech industry in general. And you brought up your past experiences. And that's why that's one of the big reasons why making is the way it is, because we both had these experiences mm -hmm. where we said, you know what? We learned so much. We had these incredible opportunities, but we're going to build this app. We're going to build this community and we're going to do it in a way that we're led by our hearts and our experiences, but in a positive direction, as opposed to creating something that's extracting. We want to create something that's expansive. What does that mean to you? I'm curious, like you and I talk about this stuff all the time, but let's maybe talk a minute about the expansive part of what we're building, like the part that is elevating because we don't want to compare ourselves to other platforms. But how can we not? Because that's like where mm -hmm. other people are, right? And so we're not trying to replace the yeah. Instagrams of the world. What we are trying to do is create a better alternative. So when you say this thing matters to me and making elevates that thing or is addressing that thing or the people on making 
are aligned with my values and I find that there's a safe space for me there and that there's a space there for me to be who I am and to celebrate what I do and build and create, but also sell my goods. And those are the people that I want my transaction fees to go to in a marketplace instead of lining the pockets (laughs) of already very wealthy people. Like, I'm curious, like, what are those expansive parts to you? I think starting at the core internally, when I started, we didn't have an app. So what really drew me to making was not only our values, but also the fact that we both have worked for tech companies. We've both worked for startups before, which is what making is a tech startup. And I promised myself that I would never do that again. While I'm very thankful for everything that I learned and met some very incredible people and do look back on a lot of that very fondly, there are also a lot of things that I'm still unlearning in therapy. And I was completely burnt out working 60 to 80 hour weeks for five and a half years. And I never wanted to do that again because it's just not sustainable. Mm-hmm. And so when we talked about this a little bit in in my Making Conversation episode, but when you reached out to me, I, of course, wanted to say yes right out of the gate. But I was very not only knowing the values and what we stood for, but I was really excited that you as the CEO with your experience, you literally said, I want to change this. I don't want this startup to be like other startups. I want diversity and I want people with passion and not just because something could happen someday with VCs and whatever, because I think that a lot of startups do collect those people Mm -hmm. and that's fine if that's what they want to do. But it's more about the passion of what we're building and the community that we're building it for and also work-life balance. And when we say work-life balance, like that's I feel like that's been a thing thrown around for a while, but like true work-life balance where We have our families and you have kids and I have dogs and a cat and my partner and we're still able to, while we work very hard, we're still able to live a life Yeah, and it's not completely focused around what we're building, even though it is in a weird way because we're so passionate about it. But it doesn't feel like it's a forced thing because we have to be, because we literally have to work all the time to get everything done. Yeah, It's because of the passion that we feel for this community and what we're building. And I think starting there, starting at that core of changing how we're doing tech startups is like builds into what we're making and what we're building. It's interesting. And I don't want to go too deep into this part of it. I think that we could do this in a future episode. But I feel like this really speaks to a lot of the reason why we've made the decisions that we have. The reason that startups get us such a bad rap from people that have worked for them or that are burnt out from them or whatever is because there is often what would appear to be a singular pathway of like how to build a startup and how to raise money and all these different things and how to build product. And I, I've never been one for groupthink. I feel like we were primed already to very much look at making it in a different way and how we could build it strategically. But the thing is, making didn't start as a tech startup. Making started as a podcast and a magazine. And we have been 
deeply a part of the community and industry for many years before we expanded into tech, which we have a lot of experience in. That's what my background's in. But dare I say, we're growing more slowly. And when we think about making the act of making, I see this as a comparison because we talk about like slow fashion and fast fashion. And oftentimes startups are built in the same model as fast fashion. And it's mm-hmm. actually creates a lot more harm, even though there might be certain benefits like immediately, like economically or whatever it is. But fast fashion really prioritizes profits and not always. But when you build a startup from ground zero on funding, you put yourself in a position similarly where you have to center investors and investments needs and wants at the very core of your business. And that really goes from the core outwards and influences a lot of things. And as opposed to bootstrapping or waiting to raise, we're not saying that we won't ever raise, but making a very conscious decision to not raise in the beginning after much exploring that path, what would that look like for making? And saying, building this community and this product with people and the product at the core. And what I mean by that is not letting profits and metrics drive what we're building and the features that we're building because it's going to lead to X, Y, Z, but really listening to users and saying, okay, this is how we're going to build it. And this is what they want. And we're going to build it really well. It does take more time. Like it, things do more move more slowly, but I have become more comfortable moving into that space, thinking about it as like fast fashion versus slow fashion and like fast tech versus slower tech. And it's not slow tech, but it's like mindful tech. And it's actually a really, it took me a while. I think that was one of the things that I had to overcome and how I think about tech, because just like you, you know, I came from these companies that it was just the level of energy and input was so intense. And it was driven by very clear objectives that you have to be aligned with. And we have different objectives at making. And in the end, I a thousand percent believe that the way that we're building this is going to build a legacy product, something that lasts for a really long time and something that doesn't become like what we're seeing other apps have become over the last five years. Mm -hmm. I agree. And I love that what we are also building is so inclusive to not only people, but craft. I think this was a little bit before we launched Marketplace, but sitting in a group of makers and they're like, I have to go here for my sewing patterns. And it's not even a built out system. I have to go here for my knit patterns and here for my crochet patterns. And the fact that it is all going to be a one-stop shop is, but once more designers join Mm -hmm. and build up their shop, like as makers, I don't know anyone who just does one thing. At its very core, the purpose of the making app is to create a place where makers can find what they're looking for, when they want to find it, and have a level of discoverability that they can't get anywhere else. It's a Mm -hmm. tool to weed out all the other things that get in the way of just getting to the essence of what it is that you want. And then 
allowing you an avenue of discovery that you didn't even know was there. So whether it's on the feed and seeing all the beautiful things that people are making, or once we incorporate the algorithm, which we haven't incorporated yet, our algorithm is not built on ads. Our algorithm is built on, oh, like you're really into this niche type of woodworking or painting or crochet or whatever. We can lift up more adjacent crafts or things around that interest to elevate your experience. Then also like in the marketplace, that is the absolute pillar of what we're building. And it's, again, to create opportunity for people to sell, for people to buy, for people to have a really fun way to find what they're looking for. And again, that's the vision. We're not quite there yet. We're getting there. The other thing that I love about it is when we as makers utilize certain supplies or purchase a pattern, it's because we have this passion around that, right? Around either the fiber or the designer or the company that's created this supply. And with making, it's going to be so much fun to see the community like supporting each other in this way of I'm making this thing. I post it on the feed and connect my project. And within a few clicks, if somebody sees that, they will be able to click into it and go straight to the marketplace and that person's shop and purchase the supply, the pattern, et cetera, within that moment. And it's it's going to be like so seamless and beautiful, this like community support that I think a lot of designers feel on certain platforms, but they'll literally be able to see the the kind of pathway mm-hmm. that all of these people are making. Whereas before the making app, I see something on a different platform. I go to their website, I search for it, et cetera, or I like have to go find this certain yarn or whatever. And then you go off on this other tangent. And I think it's the ease of everything is going to be so beautiful. Again, that community support is just going to be amazing. We already have the best community, but it's just going to keep getting better. (laughs) Yeah. And with technology, we can do some amazing things. There's so much technology capabilities that had we built this five, six years ago, wouldn't, it wasn't there. And so like we're at this most like opportune time where we can really incorporate some pretty cool technology into just even things like search that will make it better. Let's transition a little Mm -hmm. bit. You talked about work-life balance. And I think that's a perfect segue into what we do to create work-life balance. You travel and Mm -hmm. you do all the crafts. And I've been getting deeper into some interests as well. But let's talk a little bit about your New York Mm -hmm. trip. You just went to New York. You also just went to Austin. Jen is our resident travel expert here but you went to (laughs) you you went to new york and while you were there you were there for fashion week which is like super exciting but you also did a little stop by vogue knitting um give us a quick snapshot of that i flew out to new york for fashion week and then i kept seeing people posting about oh i'll see you in new york and i was like wait oh my gosh Of course, Vogue Knitting is the same weekend, and I, like, didn't put two and two together until later, but I ended up going to the marketplace and wandering around seeing some beautiful yarn and creations, and I think that 
big highlight was through making, I've been able to virtually meet some of these people that are super amazing. But I was able to meet Amy and we're going to hang out when you come to Seattle in the summer. So I'm really excited about that. Paula from, I mean, you recorded that whole beautiful podcast with Paula. And I think that she was so thankful for that and really was like, give Ashley a hug. <laughs> and then Catherine, Kat from Brooklyn General, it was very cool to like meet these people in person that A, I've been following for a very long on certain different social platforms, et, et cetera, and have purchased things from them on the internet. But working with them through things in the making app, I literally walk into the marketplace and the first thing I see are their boots, like right there. I was like, this is meant to be, you know? And <laughs> It was just, it was really wonderful to, to be able to have that experience. Yeah. And I was able to see a Broadway show, which was fun. Musical called Six. If you have, if you ever have a chance to see it, it's absolutely wonderful. The talent was just like, I don't know, it felt like a rock concert and everyone was really getting into it. It was super fun. But yeah, I love New York. It's a special place. I'm hoping that me and my partner will be able to go out in the fall and kind of experience it in a different way, a little slower as Fashion Week is very go-go, as slow as you can in New York, at least. And yeah, I went to Austin and I love Austin so much. I know that we had a making meetup there last year and I keep meaning to try and put another one together because some of the amazing people from the app came the first time, Frenchie and a few other people. And I think that the Austin Maker crew is so wonderful. I definitely want to do that again. Unfortunately, I didn't have time this time. Basically, the whole reason for the trip was for a few years, I've been trying to book with a tattoo artist named Annie. And Annie has tattooed me in the past, but this one was a special one because Annie is also a knitter. And I've had this dream of a tarot card that represents the knitter. So it finally came to life. It is so beautiful. And I'm very happy with it. But that was like the big reason of going out there and trying to chase the sun, which didn't happen because it was cloudy. But, you know, <laughs> these things happen. Totally. <laughs> and this just made me think of the meetup that just happened in Seattle. Share a bit about that, because I yeah. feel like that was one of the coolest meetups that we've had so far. It So before I worked for making, before the pandemic, I used to have a fiber arts group that met at this really awesome cafe and bike shop in Seattle called Good Weather. And obviously that shut down once the pandemic happened and we tried to keep Zoom going, but there was a little bit of fatigue in that at some point. And then once things started feeling a little bit like you could go out into the world again and be with people, I did a making meetup last year in June and it was super fun. We were outside and we like filled up this giant table and we were all stitching and drawing and knitting and crocheting and it was beautiful. And I was like, we need to do that again. I need to put that back on the book. So I did. So many people came out. It was people who are super active in the app, people who are working on including it into their lives more, people who were brought by other people and didn't have an account and signed up right then and there. And it was also very cool to see people walk by and just look in and be like, what's going on in there? That <laughs> looks fun. But I just love our community. It's been it's been fun to meet people in person. And I'm really excited next weekend. I'm driving down to Portland and we're going to have a maker meetup in Portland as well. So if you are hearing this 
before the 12th of March and you live in Portland, Oregon, go to the app and it has all the information there. But I'm just stoked to also meet the community a little south of where I live and craft with people there. So it's going to be fun. Cool. I love it. And I have been spending a lot of time going very deep on my art, you know, different kind of making. I love knitting. I love sewing. I do all the crafts and have for many years. But sometimes I just have seasons where I just got to shift and explore out a new interest, like whatever is bringing me joy and delight. And that was a really interesting that's thing that's come up a lot over the last couple of years through therapy, through a lot of different avenues is really giving myself permission to spend time on the things that I love and that bring me joy and excitement and what like lights me up. And when I would take time to think about that as opposed to things that I felt like obligated to do, which I think a lot of people get roped into that. They feel like, oh, I started this project. I need to finish it. Or, oh, like I should really be working on this thing. I threw that out the window and I was like, what is it that I just really lights me up? And so a lot of time painting and drawing and doing mixed media and doing it with my kids too. My middle son, Jude, is my artist in residence. All three of my boys love art, but Judy is the one that in 530 in the morning when he wakes me up is, let's do an art project. I'm like, oh, okay. He and I have been getting out our sketchbooks and spending a lot of time just creating an art practice around doing something every day. And Carrie came over twice this week and we did some like watercolor exercises. And it's so funny because, you know, I've been an artist my whole life and painting is one of the things that I've done the longest in my life. But for many years, I, I just put it to the side. And I think it was like I didn't feel like I had the space or the energy to really invest in it. And I, I don't know why. I don't know what held me back, but I made it a goal about six, eight months ago to really create space for it. And what's interesting that's come out of it is just this absolute freedom. And I guess I share this because I think all artists, all makers, it doesn't matter if you've done it for a long time. It doesn't matter if you think you're good at it or not. Like it doesn't matter at all. Just if you have uh, an interest in something or if you go to the art store and you are lit up by seeing a new material or if you go into a craft shop and you're lit up by a new material, let that little spark of joy like ignite something and just follow it. Like, it doesn't matter if you lose interest or whatever it is, because I don't know, that has been the most fulfilling thing to me. Like, I went to the art store this morning. I dropped my kids off at school. And I said, you know what? I have all this massive list of things to do, but I'm going to go to the art store and I'm just going to see if there's something that excites me that kind of just brings a little joy to my day. And I bought these. I, ha I have a lot of art supplies, so I don't really need anything, but I was like, some little token thing that I would like. And there were these fluorescent colored pencils. And I love incorporating like hot colors into my art. And so I grabbed a few of those and I'm super excited to sharpen them and work on them after we get off this call. 
<laughs> you speak about taking the time to really find the thing that lights you up, like you said. And there's so many things out there that can do that, whether it's finding a new little goodie at the art store or even just taking the time. Sometimes if I organize my little craft mm -hmm. cart, like that also helps. I don't know. Maybe that's my ADHD in me, but also opening up the making app. Mm -hmm. And I know we already talked about the app, but I, no matter what kind of inspiration I need, whether it's like picking up my sweater that I'm working on or even like writing an email for making, if I need a little bit of a spark, I literally open up the app and it's just, it fulfills me in this way that no other social platform mm -hmm. does. And it is this just amazing space of beautiful people making beautiful things and the energy that comes off of it through the phone is so wonderful. So I think if you're not, if you're like, I don't need to go, I don't need to go buy anything new, but I want some inspiration. I want some of that good vibes, like opening up the app is, I always tell people like, that's maybe one of my favorite things. Yeah. is like the goodness that just comes through the screen. Mm -hmm. I mean, We've talked about this before. I don't remember if it was just like at meetings or whatever or in a different podcast, but that is a huge reason why I have been like exploring different mediums again is just getting on there. I'm thinking back to the very wow. first days that we launched the app and Linda Shoop was on there like carving stamps and like I had never carved line of cut before. And so I got into that and just, oh my God, it was so much fun. And just seeing the grayish teal, I think is their username, Ama, on the app, seeing all of her yep. watercolor and I commissioned a painting from her on the app of my dog shadow she does these great like paintings of pets yeah. with like clothes on and witnessing all of this beautiful array of art was like that is what really just sparked it for me you know and so yeah, you're mm -hmm. absolutely right. It's get on the app and just see what tickles your fancy. So as Ashley and I talked about in the beginning, we are going to be expanding this podcast and you will be hearing new voices and there will be a little bit of a different format than what you are used to. I think the big thing that we really want to do is have fun while we're doing these. And um, that is going to definitely be the goal while we're recording these new episodes. We really want to incorporate more of the community in this podcast. And while it's been very community focused already, we want to bring in some new voices and some shout outs and all of that. So what we are going to say is if you have a question for me and Carrie or Ashley, if you are scrolling through the making app and you see something so phenomenal and you want to give a shout out to somebody that we can read on the pod, if you're grateful for something, if you've run across a new supply that just makes you so excited. Anything that you feel like would would be a fun thing to hear on the podcast, send us a note at hq at makingco.com. Put podcast in the subject line so it'll catch my attention. And we will try and get to as many of those as possible during our upcoming recordings. But let's start winding this down, Ashley, <laughs> with a moment of gratitude. That's something that we do 
all of the time in our meetings. And I would like to translate that over to the podcast. So what is one thing that you're grateful for? I think just back to something I touched on earlier is being more in the present moment has allowed me to realize opportunities that sometimes I don't always see. And one of those is like my son Jude's desire to always want to do art like all the time. And I'm just so grateful that I already have like my own interests that drive me, but his interests in art and his desire to explore and it has taken on this whole new meaning for me because much of it he's experiencing for the very first time. And for anyone that is a parent or a grandparent or an aunt or has been around kids, being able to be in the moment and see them experience something for the very first time, an otherworldly experience. And so I'm really grateful for that opportunity to do art with my little Judy. I love that. So sweet. My moment of gratitude for this episode, it's going to sound super cheesy, but I'm truly grateful for the people that are in our making app community. And again, like every time I open that app and scroll through and comment on things, it just brings me so much joy to see people really finding their place in this thing that we've built. And I'm very thankful for that. So yeah. I'll leave it there. To join the amazing community of makers in the making app, head to themakingapp.com to download and sign up or head to your favorite app store and search making. You can listen to the Making Conversation podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Of course, we'd love for you to subscribe and share with your friends. But also, did you know that you can listen to the Making Conversation podcast in the making app? Open up the making app and click discover. Scroll down to podcasts and you'll see all current and past podcasts listed there. You can listen while you scroll the feed, post details in a project, search through the marketplace, or even just have it out while you're working on your favorite whip. If you've made it this far and you're interested in sponsoring Making Conversation, send us a note at hq at makingco.com and we'll be in touch. As always, thanks for listening and we'll see you in the Making app.